hear about the exciting events the movement has planned for this year. If you have any questions, contact Pastor Josh or Liz at youth at cabag.org. We will be having an all-church luncheon next Sunday, February 9th, and Sunday, February 16th, following the second services. We want to join together and welcome the Hispanic Church that will begin having their services here at Church at Briargate. Let's get together for a time of food and fellowship and make them feel welcome here. Please bring a dish to share, and the main dish will be provided. Email office at cabag.org with any questions. Briargate Kids will have a Winter Chills Night, Saturday, February 15th at 5 p.m., where they'll be watching a movie and enjoying some popcorn and hot cocoa. Dinner will not be provided. Contact Pastor Krista, our kids' pastor, at krista at cabag.org with any questions. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about upcoming events, ministries, and live groups that we offer here at Church at Briargate, check out our website, churchatbriargate.org. And be sure to stay connected with us on social media. Have a great week. Hi, I'm Trisha. And I'm Jason. And we're hosting a prayer and worship life group that meets the first Friday of every month from 6.30 to 8. We'll be hosting in our home. For the first half hour, we'll have snacks and fellowship, and then for the next hour, we'll do some worship and prayer. This life group is open to anyone. If you have children who would like to join us in worship and prayer, please feel free to bring them along. We'll be focusing our prayer time on individual needs, needs within the church, and needs within our country. Hope to see you there the first Friday of the month. Good morning. So, um, wanted to uh, reiterate with with uh, what is going on with Dave Reaver. So, uh, Art's gonna give us a testimonial. This is um, an opportunity to bring some of your unsafe friends too. Um, they, 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 it will be great for them. They won't, there won't be any kind of, uh, oh, I wish I wouldn't have been here. Or any, it's, I promise. Um, it's military, non-military, saved, unsaved, all that kind of stuff. Uh, bring them. And we are having, because, because the women have <clears throat> got upset about this, uh, we are having him in July uh, also in our weekend services. So, um, so women, there you go. We can fix that. <clears throat> it's um, it's also uh, the as the uh, announcement went too with the lunch. Um, this is a good chance for us to meet uh, the Hispanic Church that's going to be starting here with us. They're starting on the ninth, and so we have lunch that weekend and the next weekend. Bring something. Plan on hanging out a little while after second service and just getting to know people, uh, know what's going on, ask them about the uh, church. I, I think as it stands right now, I think they are called Oasis Church. That's, uh, that's the name they've been going under, although they're thinking about doing something where it's coordinated with Briargate. So maybe Oasis at Briargate. Um, we talked about it, Pastor Sam and I talked about maybe Oasis at Briargate and taking our logo and put a little pinata in there or something like that. Uh, maybe a little sombrero or something, and uh, we're still working it out. Um, I went sombrero, he went pinata. We'll kind of come to a conclusion somewhere. So uh, <clears throat> turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Now this is, um, this is something that I, t- I try to remind myself of regularly, and I try to remind uh, us of on a regular basis, because I think it's one of those things that um, depending on, I, I think there's a bunch of stuff involved. I think there's personality involved with this. I think there's um, kind of natural um, bent. I think uh, culture, the way you grew up, is is going to affect this. All of these things affect how you see Jesus Christ and how you see uh, who He is. What what does He, what do, what does Jesus do in our life? What does He not do? 
even though there is an absolute truth that Jesus, this is who Jesus is, and he says this is who he is, and, and obviously we understand, even Scripture says this, that Jesus is way bigger than we'll ever know. Even as we step into eternity, he's still going to be bigger than we know. <clears throat> With all that being said, we, we do, he does tell us a lot about himself, and we do have this opportunity to serve him, but, but that is going to be greatly dependent upon how we perceive him, how we understand him. And that's why we've got to constantly be broad in our horizons, constantly be asking the Lord to show us more of who he is, because every single one of us in this building are serving him in a limited capacity. We're serving a limited understanding of Jesus Christ. Regardless of how enlightened you think you are, regardless of how much information you have about Jesus Christ, it is still minuscule compared to who he really is. It's very small compared to who he is. And so your responsibility is to always be saying, Lord, show me more. Show me more of who you are. Show me more of who you are in this context and what you want to do here and how, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to, to change in my life? All these kind of things. That's why repentance has got to be part of our ongoing existence. Repentance isn't, <clears throat> sometimes when we say repentance, you think, well, I'm already a Christian. I don't need to repent. It's the other way around. Now that you are a Christian, you should constantly be repenting because that's the, that's the development. That's the growth. That's the, Lord, what do I need to change? How do I need to do this differently? How do I, how do I say this differently? So repentance should constantly be part of our, <clears throat> our Christian walk. Plus, one of the things with repentance is if you don't have a consistent lifestyle of repentance, you, you build up walls, you build up um, arrogance, you build up a lot of things that keep the Lord from really doing what he wants to do in your life. So how do you see Jesus? How you see Jesus will determine how you serve Jesus. And so starting out in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, he says, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide with the many who choose that way. For the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Now, my, my goal this morning is to talk about how it is, not, um, it is not difficult to serve Jesus Christ. I don't believe that it is difficult to serve Jesus. I, I really don't. But, but this scripture seems to disagree with it a little bit. It says, but the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Now, there is, um, I think there's a couple ways to look at this scripture. I don't think what he's saying, if you just kind of read it cursory, if you read the whole thing and you put all the details together, you realize that what he is talking about is the, the path to serving the Lord or our, our, how do we get to the point of understanding and seeing who Jesus is so that we can serve him. The, 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 the broad path to hell, it's easy to find. The narrow path to Jesus Christ is not easy to find. I don't think he's saying it's not easy to walk, but it's not easy to find. He says, look at the sentence again with that mentality. Okay, the highway to hell is, is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. So he's talking about the path itself and the access to this. But the gateway to life is very narrow. The road is difficult. Only a few ever find it. I think what he's saying is it's difficult to find. I don't think he's saying it's difficult to live. And the reason I say that is because there's other scriptures that would disagree with that. Let me show you another one of those scriptures. If he's saying that living for Jesus is, is difficult here, then, then what about this scripture? Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, he says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light. So if, if actually walking the path of serving Jesus Christ is difficult, then why does he say that here it's easy and it's light? The reason is, I believe what he's saying, is the path is difficult to follow. Now, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that the path to serving Jesus uh, is easy in a vacuum, I would say that it's easy because we are connected to Jesus Christ. Now, here is, here is a, very important, um, a very important separation in two ways of looking at Christianity. Okay? The, the way that I grew up with this, I grew up in, in Pentecostal church, the idea, well, it, it just seemed like everything was a sin. So if you were enjoying life, you were sinning. It's almost a guarantee you were sinning somehow 
If you, if you had fun, you'd probably just sinned somehow. And so, if, so what we had to do is we had to work really, really, really hard to make sure that we did everything perfect so that we could have this completely spotless life. But it came from us really working hard to have a spotless life. Now, now I, I know I went to a lot of churches growing up. So, um, so some of this, I, I'm sure was preached at different places, but the overall mentality I understood was if we, do, if we make sure we don't do anything wrong, then we're going to have that perfect life or that sinless life, and, uh, and then therefore we get to heaven. There wasn't an idea of, of um, at least from my perspective, there wasn't an idea of this deep intimacy with the Lord and walking with him. It was more about let's not sin so we don't go to hell kind of thing. And, and so therefore, if that is your approach to Christianity, then I can guarantee because I, I did it, did it for a long time, and then one day I said, I'm done, and I walked away. If that is your mentality of Christianity, then it is a very difficult life to live. It is a very, very difficult life. It'll be difficult for you, and in the family context, parents, children, it'll be difficult for everybody. Your children will not like church. They will not like Jesus. They won't like anything about this because it's the rules, and it's the path is difficult, and we're, and we're crawling up on this path on our hands and knees, and it's a difficult life. I don't think that's what Jesus is, is laid out for us. I don't think that's what he's trying to say. I think he says the path itself is difficult to find. And specifically, if you look for it in yourself, this is why uh, the scriptures from last week, it's important that we tell people. Because if we tell people who Jesus is, then finding the path to him becomes much easier for them. If they have to, if they have to figure this out themselves and crawl through this themselves and do those kind of things, it, it is a difficult, it's a difficult thing to see and find. And I would say even as you're walking along the path, sometimes the path to, to, to follow Jesus is difficult to find even when you're on it sometimes. Even when you're walking on that path, that the, I, of course, I always use this example because it's the one that pops in my head, is when I'm, when I'm uh, biking in the mountains, sometimes the path is very clear. But sometimes you, you, you come through some trees or whatever, and there's leaves across, and there's weather, and different things that happen, and the path doesn't seem... You have to just kind of keep going because it doesn't appear that the path is right in front of you, but it is. It, it's there, but you just can't see it as easily. And there, sometimes it's very, very clear. And I think that's part of this difficult mentality of Christianity. Is be, and, and all these other things. I, I will say this. If you always keep your eyes on Jesus, making sure you're on the path is always easier. One of the main reasons that we get the path becomes difficult to see is because we get our eyes on other things. And our self gets involved, our flesh gets involved, and all this other kind of stuff. And, and then it becomes difficult, and we realize that we're kind of veering off. And then that's where the conflict becomes, uh, begins to happen between us and what the Lord is wanting us to do. And that's why it becomes what we perceive to be difficult. Is because there becomes conflict between us and the Lord. And it's not because the Lord is, is doing something or He's always the same. He hasn't changed. The path is there. His grace is there. His, his forgiveness is there. His, his will is laid out. All we have to do is keep our eyes on Him, keep our eyes on Him, and focus in. And, 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 and the diversions, the distractions become less and less. And, and we can actually serve Jesus Christ fairly um, easily. Now, there are some things that come along with serving Jesus that make life a little difficult. But life is difficult no matter where and what, under any circumstance. Life is difficult. Um, <clears throat> I, I think about this a lot because, uh, because um, we talk to, to our guys in India on a weekly basis. And I think about, I try to do the best I can to put my, my mind and my life in their shoes and to perceive things from their uh, point of view so that I can help or make right decisions or whatever the case is. And, th and that's pretty difficult because it's a, it's a complete different cultural context. And if you're not careful, and I think we do this at different times, because there are different types of hardships in different countries around the world, we assume that other people around the world may have it worse or better than we do. Depending on how you look at life, you're going to uh, think they have it worse or better than we do. My, my natural bent is that they have it worse because we have so much more stuff. Um, but I also know that it depends on what you're looking at. depends on what part of life you're looking at will determine whether you think they have it more difficult or not. 
that, that one of the things that I've noticed in other countries is there is a much more simplistic approach to life and a, lo- and a much more relaxed approach to life. And some of the things that we really struggle with in America, I'm saying across the board where there are cultural struggles, uh, people in other countries do not struggle with these things. They just don't. They have a much different pace of life, and the same, they don't have the same kind of pressures and anxieties and all the stuff that we have in, in this country. Um, one of the things, and I know it's because my kids are in their 20s, but this, this, um, this, this pressure from society about what you're posting online and what you're not and whether your life looks cool or whether it doesn't and all the different things that are going on around that, that, that stuff doesn't exist in the same way in other countries. It just doesn't. And we have entire cultural anxieties to the point of depression and even suicide in this country for contexts that do not exist in other places. They are are very Western, and and many of these are are, uh, very American in their their foundation. So even when we begin to say, well, serving Jesus, is it difficult? Is it hard? Is it easy? Or whatever the case is, when you start bringing all the culture in, there's so much that adds to that. But at the end of the day, Jesus says that when you yoke up with him, it is not going to be difficult. The burden is not going to be on you. Jesus is carrying the burden. He's carrying the weight. He's carrying the pressure. And our, our walk with him, it becomes light. And it becomes easy. Not easy in the sense that life is now easy. Life is always going to be difficult. And every place on the planet has its own unique difficulties of life. But serving Jesus is not going to add to the difficulty. And this is, this, is the, this is part of the reason I'm saying this, is it took me years and years to really get that into my head and believe that. that. That serving Jesus does not add more difficulty. It takes difficulty away. It takes pressure away. It takes the, the, the burden of life away. But, again, there's two ways to look at serving Jesus. If serving Jesus to you is putting more burden on, putting more rules on, putting more stuff on, then yeah, it is going to be difficult for you. And I did that for years. Serving Jesus adds, adds, because now you got all this stuff. And here's some of the things. You could probably add your own list. But here's some of the things that I I struggled with over years is um, Jesus is probably mad at me. I I thought that for the first 30 years of my life. At least 25. Jesus is probably mad at me. So therefore, I've got to always be working to make sure he's not mad. I'm always going to be doing something, thinking something, adding something. And here's another one. What is everybody else going to think? That, that's one that affects us all. It affects us differently, but it affects us all. What is everybody else going to think? Well, let me look at it. Let me help you look at it from just one uh, area of my life. Just being a pastor, what are people going to think? What are, gonna, what are people going to think about, um, here was a big one for me for years, obviously, this morning is an example that I'm not struggling with that anymore, but I used to wear a suit and tie every single service, Wednesdays, Sundays, every service, and there was one basic, now I, I do, let me, there is actually another reason, I, I like wearing suits, I'm, I'm pretty hot in them. But the big picture is that's not why I was wearing them. The reason I was wearing them is because what is somebody else going to think? What is somebody going to, can I, can I be a legitimate pastor if I don't have a suit and a tie on? Can I be that pastor? No. <laughs> so, so here's, I told, I've said this before. This is, this is the moment when I realized we, we, I at least, I can't change the whole church, but I have got to change who I am. I was standing in the coffee shop, and the uh, coffee shop owner had, had uh, given her heart to the Lord just a few weeks before that, and she was coming to church, and she's excited, and all this kind of stuff going on, and so um, I walk into the coffee shop, there's this guy in front of me, he's, at the, he's talking to her, he's ordering a coffee, and he's got um, overalls on, boots, that kind of thing, and uh, obvious farmer, ranch or something. And so I come in behind him. She sees me, and she gets excited because she's been talking to this guy about Jesus. She's, she's pumped. Many, she witnessed too many people that came into her coffee shop. 
And anytime I was there, she would make me pray with people. I used to do it all the time. She would, she'd been raised Catholic all of her life, and I'd, I'd walk in and she'd say, sometimes she would say, here's my priest, you know, whatever. So, <clears throat> so here's my pastor. Um, he'll pray with you. Pastor, pray with him right now. Pray, pray with him. And that guy's like, you know, <laughs> I have to pray for you now. Um, you know, is that kind of, we, we both were very uncomfortable, but she told us that's what we were doing. So, well, this is one of those moments I stepped up behind this guy, and she sees me. She's excited. She's talking about it, and she says, and I want to invite you to church. You can come to church. And she was about to introduce him to me, right? And he says, I can't go to church. She said, what? Caught her off guard. She said, he said, I can't go to church. This is all I have to wear. They won't let me in church. And I told, I, I, you caught me, and I realized we have built such a paradigm in church thinking that is, it, it's a hindrance. It has become a hindrance. Now, there is no way I think it's bad if somebody wants to wear a suit and tie. I think that's wonderful. I think it's great. That is not a negative. But if that's the uniform of the day, then we're keeping a lot of people out. If that becomes the uniform of the day. That's why sometimes I wear a suit jacket, sometimes I don't, things like that, because I want there to be a... a when somebody walks in, whatever they think, there's a comfortableness there. I, he turned... I, she said, well, here's my pastor. And she knows... At that time, I was wearing suits and ties. She, she knows that. And... I, he, she turned around and said, there's my pastor. Ask him about what you wear. And I told him, I said, if you'll come to church Sunday, I'll wear overalls. And, he, and you, know what, you know what in my mind I'm thinking? How many people in my church will be upset because I'm going to wear overalls? Except this guy might come to church. And as respectfully as I can say this, if all the people that think me wearing overalls is a bad thing, they can go and he can come in. That's my thinking. If we have to have a uniform of the day, if we have to do that, we've missed the point. And if we want to look more like Jesus, we need to wear robes. Right? Robes and big long scarves. Like we're in a Christmas production all the time. But that's the thinking. Is that, that was a mind shift that I had at that point. Sometimes the church makes serving Jesus very difficult. Now, let me make sure that there's no confusion with what I'm saying here. I do not believe that means, in fact, we just spent three Wednesday nights in a row talking about this. I do not think that means that you compromise on what sin is or what the blood of Jesus is. or what. I don't think that. In fact, I think one of the important necessities for helping people serve Jesus healthily is let them know that Jesus does forgive our sins. First, there is sin. We know that. And that Jesus does forgive our sins. This, to me, and this was, this was the backward way of thinking when I was growing up, but, but this is what I've realized. If we can be free and washed clean of sin, that makes the path easier, not more difficult. But we're scared to death sometimes in the church to say to people, yes, there is sin. The Bible tells us what this sin is. Don't shy away from it. This is what sin is. Now let's be forgiven. Let's be covered with the blood of Jesus. Let's be washed and let's walk forward. See, the difficulty of finding the path is realizing, and I believe this is why it involves people. This is what I was talking about last week. It involves people talking and interacting is finding the path becomes difficult sometimes because we're so, we're so scared that people won't come to our church, that we don't actually show them the right path. And, and you coming to church is not the right path. That's just coming to church. That's not the right path. You have to personally get on the right path. And that's serving Jesus. You, just because you're coming to church doesn't mean you're serving Jesus just means that you're coming to church. You're hearing about it. People worship and sing and all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't mean that you've taken a step onto that path. You have to take that step and say, I'm going to serve Jesus. And it's amazing. And this is what took me so long to get. And now, now I, I, it's, it's core to me more than I can say. It is me. Is I choose Jesus. Give me Jesus over anything. Because that makes every step I take easier. It makes every step I take filled with his grace and his love and his mercy. It doesn't mean I'm not going to take difficult steps. We are still humans in this human life. 
you're going to take horribly difficult steps in life. But if you've got Jesus in your spirit and you're letting the Holy Spirit roll through you, those steps become much easier. They, they actually make sense more sometimes. The purpose becomes more uh, revealed. Now sometimes it's, 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 it's difficult to even see the path. I get that. We're, we've all been there. But I'm not trading Jesus because I get a little confused. That would be the equivalent in, in my, my biking. Be the equivalent is the moment I come to part of a path that I can't really see the path, I just get off and chuck my bike into the mountains and just now I'm going to do it on my foot because I can't see the path. Well, that makes no sense. That bike makes it doable, makes it easier, makes it quicker, makes everything better. It doesn't mean that it's not difficult when you're doing the climbing, you're doing all this stuff, but, it, but, but just saying, Jesus, okay, then I don't need you. I, it's difficult. I don't need you. Because that really is your only hope. The only hope you have for any kind of peace and purpose and direction and everything is in Jesus Christ. The guilt of, of, of sin and the burden of life and, and even the condemnation of life and people around us and everything else, you, that's why we need Jesus to bust all that stuff off, clear all that stuff out of our mind and our heart, and just follow him. It's not, it's not about what, what the world thinks. It's not about what the church thinks. It's not about what everybody else thinks. It's are you pursuing Jesus with everything about you? If you are, you're tracking on the trail. And, it's, and it, it will be much easier. <clears throat> so, two basic things I broke this into. And, and we understand, life is totally about choices. I, I, you know, I know we know that, but I don't, think, I don't think sometimes we get that in our heart. Totally about choices. Totally about choices. Choice after choice. And, and the big choices that we come to in life, if we really slow down and think enough, those choices are greatly... Um, Determine you, you're getting to that choice because of thousands of little choices. The only reason you're right there is because of many, 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 many other choices in almost every aspect. I do know that some things just kind of happen to us, but even that, it's still a culmination of many, many, many choices. Um, for example, you take something arbitrary so it'll be ambiguous enough for us. So you have, we have a huge, big uh, hailstorm, and it, and it uh, destroys the roof on your house, comes into your house, busts your windows. That happened to me about four years ago. So um, you're saying, well, that happened to me. I, I didn't choose that. That happened to me. That's a, okay, but that's still a culmination of many, many, many circumstances and decisions along the way. Why am I living here? Why am I in this city? Why, why am I in that house? I, I could be living in a steel box in Texas, and I will not get hailed on. You see what I'm saying? Decision after decision. Now, I'm not, don't, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that everything that happens to us is because of what we have decided. That's not what I'm saying. But when we come through decisions in life, we have to understand that we're the ones making the choices. We're the ones making the choices. We're the ones making the choices. I've even talked to people about this when... Um, uh, you know, they're, they're driving a tribe, they have a wreck or whatever. If you begin to back up, there's a good chance that they made a lot of decisions that brought them to that point. Not always, but that brought them to that point. Specifically, they're driving down the highway and it's rear-end somebody. God just dropped a car right in front of you. you. You see what I'm saying? A lot of choices in life. A lot of choices when it comes to our children. What happens with them? Where do they go? What are they doing? They, you know, I, I see many parents that that uh, wake up and their kids are 17, 18, they're like, how did they turn out like this? Really? I'm not saying when they're 30, but, but 20 years old, how did they turn out like this? You made them that way. You made them that way. And then, here's the other side of that same argument. But then they have lots of choices. You see what I'm saying? So all of this is mixed together. All this is mixed together. So understanding this, 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 to me, this comes down to this. You've got to make a choice, and it's got to be an ongoing, everyday choice. Do I serve Jesus or do I not? Am I all in with Jesus or am I not? 
Am I looking for the path that he has for me, or am I not? I see this in so many different ways when it comes to the things that we as human beings do on a normal, just daily routine. What, what am I going to, uh, where, where am I going to uh, live? What am I going to, what, what car am I going to drive? What, what job am I going to have? What, um, what, what money am I going to spend here? What am I going to spend there? All these other kind of things. You can take two people, put them in the same city, basically same house, same salary, and everything. Ten years later, there'll be two different lifestyles, two different mentalities, because of choices, choices, choices. Am I serving Jesus completely? The first thing, serving Jesus really does add life. It adds it on every single area of our existence. Serving Jesus adds life. It adds life to potentially our decisions. It should add life to our decisions. So we're not making just random decisions. Again, this is one that I have conversations with people regularly. They'll tell me, you know, I I got offered this job. And then they come to me like, should I take that job? Like God has told me that. Okay, God does not tell me what you should do. He's he's not going to do that. Right? The, the, the The most that I think... Jesus tells me that you should do is what I'm speaking. Now, sometimes, uh, and I know this to be true, the Holy Spirit will have me say something that is very specific to you. Don't confuse that with me knowing that. Okay, that's not the same thing. But the Holy Spirit will, will, will say something directly to you through me, and he can do it through other people in your life. I believe he's trying to, actually, all the time. Speak to us, speak to us, speak to us. But it's only to, to develop, confirm, all those kind of things that he's speaking to you. And then people come to me, should I take that job? This is always going to be the question I ask every single time. I'm always going to ask this question first. Have you asked the Lord? Have you asked God? Well, you know, they have, it has more benefits. Have you asked God? Well, it pays more. Have you asked God? Well, you know, it's a better location. Have you asked God? Because those things are great, but they're not necessarily um, how you make that decision. Sure, it's part of the thinking. It's part of the process. You do all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, um, you, you make the decision based upon, have you asked God and what does he say? Now, so let me ask it this way. Is there a possibility that God would ever want you to take a job that you take less salary? (laughs) Some of you are like, I don't want to answer that. (laughs) Right? I know this is crazy stuff. Would God ever do that to you? The answer is yes. Not because he's trying to do something to you, but because he knows the bigger picture. And he knows what he needs from you, and he knows what you need from him. And he knows what your, his plan for you, all this other kind of stuff. Would God move you somewhere you don't want to live? Yes. Yes. Would God ask you to, to do a job that you don't want to do? Yes. See, if we, if we slow down and we think about this stuff and we say this kind of stuff, we, we get it. We get it out of our mouth. But then we get a job offer. And you're like, trash all that stuff, Pastor. That didn't, I don't even know what you were talking about. This is what I'm doing. Instead of saying, God, what do you want? See, here's the truth. And, and many of you are testimonies to this. I'm not saying something that, that many of us have not walked through in this room. And you say, well, I don't know if I've ever walked through it. You will. But, but here, here's what we know. It's just hard to get there sometimes. This is where the path is difficult to see. It's not hard to do. We just have to make a decision. Is if we truly serve Jesus, he will add life to everything. Where we live, what we do, what money we make. Jesus adds life to everything. If you choose your own path, you are potentially adding death. Because you can't add life. Only the Lord, only the Holy Spirit can add life. You can't. You're human. We only bring death. That's what started in the garden. That's who we are. When you make your own decisions, you're hurting yourself. It may not be immediate. It may not be major, but you're hurting yourself. Every step you take that you're trying to take out off the path outside of who Jesus is, 
You're only bringing death. You're walking toward death. But if you say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to follow the path. And you're going to bring life to every one of those decisions. You're going to bring life. And this is, this is the major conundrum that Christians have. This, this is where the tension is. Is do I do it in myself? Or do I do it in him? Because sometimes our decisions seem so much better than the Lord's decisions. So much better. Because we know everything and he only knows a little bit. He only knows God's stuff. We know everything. Which is the argument Satan gave Eve. Right? We know. So if you, if you walk Jesus' path, you will have life. You'll have life in your marriage. You'll have life in your home, children. you have life in relationships, deeper relationships. He adds life to your work relationships. He adds life to your money. He can do that. The second thing is you will lose death. And this is, this is the part that is so important that I did not realize. This is why, this is why for years, that growing up and then I became a teenager, I got away from God, uh, left home, did all this other stuff. This is why I, I, I thought Christianity was such a bad thing. It's because the, the, the really only reference I had was uh, some of the ways that I, I understood growing up was it's all about the rules. And Jesus is trying to catch you doing something bad so he can send you to hell. And, and I, it really took me a long time to get out of that and realize, no, um, Jesus is trying to bring you life, but you've got to follow him to get there. It's actually better. You'll enjoy it better. You'll enjoy life better doing it the way Jesus says. You will. There's still going to be hardships. There's still going to be stuff. But you will enjoy life better if you'll do it Jesus' way. You will enjoy marriage better if you'll do it Jesus' way. But if you try to do it all, if you try to do church and try to do Christianity and try to do it all your way, you will be miserable. You will be at odds with people all the time. There will be conflict. There will be junk. There will be miserableness that you, you, will, you will not enjoy whatever the context is. This is one of the things that I've seen. Okay, so this is, this is my 30th year of ministry. I, I've just seen this forever, that... that um, some people in church are happy and excited, loving Jesus. Some people sitting in the same church, same services, same stuff, are just miserable all the time. That's choice. That's choice. You're choosing that. Nobody's choosing that for you. Just serve Jesus. Just serve Jesus. Get in line with what he's doing. And here's the part that is amazing is you'll lose the death. And when I finally understood this, this, this is what changed me. I was, I was sitting in a dorm room in college when I, when I finally said, okay, Jesus, I, I, was, I was in the Navy. I'd just come out of um, <clears throat> um, boot camp and some things like that. I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to figure out my direction in life. And I've told parts of this before, but just, just to focus on this, I, I just came to this moment where I knew Jesus was saying, I'm giving you another chance. Now, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me this. If you come and say the Holy Spirit is telling you this, I will argue with you, okay? I will argue with you because I, I believe that the Lord gives us multiple, 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 multiple chances our entire life. He never stops pursuing us, never stops pursuing us. But I do believe very strongly the Holy Spirit told me this at that point. I don't know how strong he was going to back up what he was saying. I don't even know if I want to go there, but I don't know how theologically sound. That's what I'm trying to say. But this is what the Holy Spirit, I really believe he told me. Scott, this is your last chance. Are you going to serve Jesus or are you not? I don't know what he meant by last chance. It scared me to death at the moment, but I don't know what he meant by that. Now, if you come and say, the Holy Spirit told me I, I only have one more chance. It's not who the Holy Spirit is, so I don't know what to do with that. But, see, you understand my problem here, all right? So I got on my face before God and I said, God, I'm tired of doing this myself tired of chasing all the stuff, all the stuff that I, I grew up, I was told was wrong, so I chased every bit of it. And I wanted to be involved in everything that was sin. I, I worked hard at everything that was sin. And the reason is because I had been told that it, was, that, it was, that it was horrible and it was bad. And then as I began to step into some of those things, I realized some of this is pretty fun. What I didn't realize, it was fun for very brief moments. 
And then it was horribly devastating. Tore at my soul, tore at my mind, tore at my existence, tore at my physical body. And, and, I, and, I, and I didn't want that anymore, but I felt like I was trapped. I was trapped doing stupid, right? And, and, and so I got before God and I said, okay, I just give myself to you. And, and you just heard this, you felt this, people described this, but it really was for me. It was just, just this huge weight just got lifted. And the weight for me wasn't necessarily the sin, which is usually the way I have people say it. I was forgiven of the sin, and there was a burden released from that. But the biggest, the biggest burden taken off of me was I don't have to keep doing it my way. That was the biggest burden. My way is stupid. My way is painful. My way is harmful. And if I keep doing it my way, I'm going to keep going down these difficult, painful, harmful paths and all this stuff. And I knew if I could just stop. But see, here's, the, here's a big thing for me, and, and, and different personalities are different, but some of you in here, you're like this. You know this. My biggest deal was letting go of the control and saying, it's not my life. And by the way, anytime I'm struggling, anytime I'm struggling, it used to, almost always comes down to I'm trying to take the control back trying to take the control. I'm in charge. I can make my decision. I can set my path. I can do all this other stuff. And Jesus will let me. He's so many times. I wish Jesus was a little more strict and a little shorter leash. Until he puts a shorter leash, then I'm mad because Jesus has got such a short leash. But the idea that if I can just let him be in charge, I lose the death. Not only do I gain life and everything, but I lose the death that's involved, the death in my decisions, the death in my relationships that I'm bringing, that I'm bringing to these, not just that's naturally there because of human existence and, and sin and all this other stuff, but, but stuff that I am doing. I'm literally bringing death to stuff. But when I, when I lose that, I gain, I, I, when I accept Jesus, I gain the life that he brings. But see, I'm still... I'm still trying to force death in there all the time. Jesus brings life, and I'm trying to force death. But if I, if I let him take over, the death goes away. And that's, and that's the greatest part of this, is I don't have to try to figure this out. I don't have to try to, when things get very, very stressful and, and pressured and all this other stuff, I don't have to be pressured. I don't have to be stressed. I don't have to. I can let him. Remember, again, he says this. He says, Take my yoke upon you. Understand that's that big thing that goes over like two cows or two oxen. The yoke, the big thing that goes around their neck. So when they're pulling the whatever, they're pulling together. And if it gets off, you know, one, one cow starts pulling st stronger, whatever, it starts pushing the other cow and it doesn't work. So what Jesus says is if you put, your, if you put my yoke on you, it gets easy. Why? This literally is the way that I, I think about it. In fact, I was trying. I did this a few years back, and I was thinking about it again these last few weeks, how I could illustrate this in a way that you would get it. And I realized it would be very um, bad idea to do this. But this is what I wanted to do, something along these lines. I was going to take somebody like Josh here that's um, not a tiny little fella and uh, put a big, make some kind of yoke, put it on him, and then take somebody like um, one of the kids out of the nursery and put them in the yoke. You can see how this starts going bad quickly. That's why we're not doing it. But So Josh puts the yoke on, put a two-year-old in the yoke, and who's carrying the load? It's not the two-year-old. Two-year-old's not even touching the ground. They're just swinging up there. Right? Josh is doing all of the pulling, everything. And Jesus is saying that to us. If you'll yoke up with me, I'll take care of it all. I'll carry you. I'll carry all the burdens that you got. I'll do everything. But you've got to let me be in charge. And if you'll let me be in charge, you'll lose all the junk. You'll lose all the death. You'll lose all the stress and the pressures and things. That doesn't mean you're still not going to have stress and pressures. Obviously, you are. But that's where you say, okay, but Jesus, you're doing the pulling. So I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to stress because you're doing the pulling. Finances, Jesus, you're doing the pulling. Relationships, you're doing the pulling. Now, here's the thing. You can't drop an anchor and let that be dragged along and assume that that's not going to affect how Josh pulls you, carries you, right? You can't drop an anchor and it's cutting into the ground and digging and you're being pulled back and somehow that doesn't affect. It affects everything. 
And those anchors are our issues, our baggage, our distrust, our trying to take control, all these other things. And instead of, just, just let go of all that stuff and let the Lord carry you. You guys, I know what I'm saying. It's so difficult to get in our heads sometimes. But if we just let go and do it, it's amazing how quickly the Holy Spirit can take over and bring it. That's why he says in Philippians 4 that he will give us peace that goes beyond natural understanding. And it will guard our hearts the way you feel and our minds the way we think. And it's in Christ Jesus because we are letting him do the carrying. And it goes beyond natural understanding. That's why when you're overstressed and anxious and all this other kind of stuff, it's because somewhere, somewhere in all that mix, and you've got to figure this out, somewhere in all that mix, you're not letting the Lord do the carrying. That's how simple it is. You're not, that's where you have to say, okay, then Lord, show me because I am freaking out right now. So show me where to let you carry. Show me where to let you do this. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. Love, loving God means keeping His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. It took me so long to figure that out. His commandments are not burdensome. Let me give you a couple. Don't murder. Is that burdensome? Is that really worth staying awake and I go, no, I want to murder. I want to murder. I do, but He won't let me. The Lord is so small in His thinking. Don't commit adultery. I want to commit adultery. Lord, I want to throw my life and my marriage and my family. I want to. I want to, but you won't let me. Think about it. You can just go down through the things that the Lord has told us. Don't gossip. Here, let me ask you this one. Anybody, in the, don't raise your hands. Anybody in this room, you ever wish you could go back and take something you said away? You wish you could go and pull it back in before it got out there? Because it hurt other people. It, it, it hurt relationships, friendships, all kinds of stuff. When the Lord says something like don't gossip, it, it's because He knows. Why do we fight this stuff? His commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world. And we achieve this victory through our faith. Faith in God. Trust in Him. That's how we defeat the world. Faith in Him. Not, not faith in ourselves. Faith in Him. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Guys, no matter how we try to spin it in today's society, the only way you're going to make it through this thing is if you put your eyes on Jesus and you don't get them off. Society will try to tell you there's all kinds of other ways. And look at society. Get, on, get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes on Jesus. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. These people are as useless as dried up springs or as a mist blown away by the wind. He's talking about people that just go from thing to thing to thing to thing. Let me read that again because that's a pretty strong statement. These people are as useless as dried up springs or as a mist blown away by the, the wind. They are doomed to blackest darkness. They brag about themselves with empty foolish boasting. With an appeal to twisted sexual desires, they lure back into sin those who have barely escaped from a lifestyle of deception. This is one of the things that I, I really believe the church is in a major um, crossroads right now across the United States. We are, we are trying to, 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 the church in America tries so hard to embrace all of the sinful stuff that Jesus has very clearly in Scripture said, this is a sin. It's going to hurt you. Stay away from it. Don't be involved. Do whatever the case is. And society is trying, I mean, the church is trying to get as close to that stuff and as close to that stuff as we can so that we just blend it in and blend it in and blend it in to where it becomes, um, we're pulling people back into sin in the church. Without, without realizing it, we're hurting people in the church, pulling them back into sin. Now, I know I pick on this often, so I'm going to pick on it again this morning. Yes, I, don't, I do not believe that Scripture says that drinking alcohol is a sin. I don't believe that, okay? I wish I could prove it, but it doesn't say that. But I do know this. It does say you cannot walk in the Holy Spirit and walk in alcohol at the same time. You can't. Okay, that's very clear in Scripture. This is, the, this is a conversation I had with somebody just a few weeks ago. That they were going to a church in Denver. It used to be AG Church. It's not now. And at one of their outreaches, they had kegs at their outreach. Okay, this, this used to be an AG church. They, they had kegs at their outreach. This guy talked to me. I know this guy. 
he was going to that church. He said, I had to stop going to that church. He said, I was an alcoholic for 30 years. And now their outreaches, they're having alcohol. He said, I can't let them pull me back in. He is talking about a church pulling him back into alcoholism. A church. Guys, when do we stop playing the games? When do we stop playing all of the games and try to walk as close to the world as we can and, 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 and all the different stuff that we're involved with? That, that's, why, that's why this goofy, stupid silliness where, where churches are trying to decide whether they're going to ordain homosexuals. Guys, there, there's, there's a lot of problems with that. But one of the basic ones is there are people looking for rescue from that. There are people looking to be broken from the bondage of that sexual perversion. They're looking. They're hungry. They're needing the broken, the, the, that broken, that, that control, that slavery to that broken. And the church is pulling them back in. The church is pulling them back in. Guys, somewhere, somewhere, we've got to get our eyes on Jesus. Listen to what he says. Focus on what he says and just go there. Not, it's, it's not about whether we can get people coming to our church. It's about whether we can get people to know Jesus. To know Jesus. With an appeal to twisted sexual desires, they lure back into sin those who have barely escaped from a lifestyle of deception. They promise freedom. They promise freedom. This is the call of churches across America. They promise freedom. But they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption. And they're pulling people back in. For you're a slave to whatever controls you. When people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off than before. And many of you in this room, your testimony that you know what that feels like. You know what it was to serve Jesus and get farther away and, and, and then come back. But you know what it is to get tangled, tangled. I know that. I know that feeling. I know that. That's why for me, losing the death was losing me being in control. Losing that. Why don't you stand with me? So what do we do with this? I, <clears throat> I really thought through a lot about how do we pray about this? What, what do we pray? And, and this, is, this is what I think, although I really do believe that this is the kind of message that the Holy Spirit's going to be working on us all in a lot of different ways. <clears throat> and there's a lot of stuff <clears throat> going on in our minds and our spirits. So let the Holy Spirit lead you first in how we pray about this. But, but here's some basic things that I believe that, that, that God put on my heart with this is... I think one of the things that we need to pray, and I wish somebody had prayed this with me early in my life, is pray, if you, if you think serving Jesus is difficult, let the Holy Spirit free you of that this morning. Let the Holy Spirit break off the junk that Satan has attached and made it look like it was Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit break that stuff off. If you think serving Jesus is so difficult, it's because, in, in my opinion, it's because something is keeping you and obviously Satan is affecting this but something is keeping you from releasing Jesus so let's start there we're going to pray about that that, that, that don't, don't walk out of here with just burden and heaviness on your spirit directly in your relationship with Jesus the next thing is if you just got heaviness on your spirit and your life in a general sense it's not about necessarily Jesus but you just got the heaviness and tension and, and pressures and all kinds of stuff Maybe, maybe somehow, and I don't know how to get here, you've got to pray about this. Maybe it's because you've dropped an anchor and something's pulling. Cut free. Let the Holy Spirit just carry you with the, with the yoke. Let Jesus do the, the walking and you just let your feet dangle. But, but you got to, there's a reason why you're not feeling that. You dropped an anchor somewhere. Figure out what that is. Ask the Holy Spirit. He'll show you. Okay? So let's pray. God, we, we commit this. This moment, this time to you. Lord, I, I just know it is so difficult sometimes for us to just let go and let you be in charge. It's so difficult for you just to let you be God. We try so hard to be God and in control and, and a masters of everything. 
Jesus, I ask you to help us right now. Lord, if there's anybody in this building that believes that serving you is, is a task, is difficult, God, bring them freedom right now in you. Freedom in your spirit, freedom in you. That Jesus, you carrying us is, is the best option. You carrying us makes, makes serving you easy. It makes the burden light. It, Lord, help us to just focus in on you. God, don't let anybody in this room walk away condemned, feeling like they're condemned by you, that, that, that this is a, a too many rules and too difficult to do. God, I pray against that. In the name of Jesus, I pray against that. Lord, thank you for delivering me from that, just incrementally over the years, continuously delivering me from that. Lord, every time I try to go back, Lord, you, you, you pull me away. Lord, I also pray that if anybody in this room is just struggling with stuff, the burden's too big, Just give them freedom in you. Keep your head bowed. I want to I ask this. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I, I want to ask this as a question. You can raise your hand. And, and Really, the only reason is for me to pray for you. So if it's too private or whatever, um, you don't have to raise your hand, but I won't pray for you. So, But if you say, I, that's with me. I just, the bur- I'm just overloaded right now. Just overloaded. I'd like you to raise your hand. Quite a few of us, guys. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit does not want you to have to do this by yourself. Whatever, whatever you just raised your hand about, the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to do it by yourself. You don't have to. Just let go. Just whatever that cord is, it's that's attached to that anchor, just cut it right now. Lord, we're not gonna be we're not gonna be anxious for anything. We're gonna focus on you. We're not gonna be stressed over anything going to focus on you. Lord, all the circumstances may be very difficult, piled up and against us. Jesus, we're going to focus on you. We're going to focus on you. All the physical stuff that can go on in life, we're going to focus on you, Jesus. So bring freedom right now, all across this room. Bring freedom into our spirit and let your peace roll into our spirit. Let your peace get into our mind and into our hearts. Let your peace consume us and rule the day. Your peace. In the name of Jesus. Lord, and help us to keep our eyes on you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Keep our eyes on you so that the sin won't easily trip us up. Keep our eyes on you. That you'll light up our path. We'll keep our eyes on you. Jesus name. Jesus name. Little exercise you might try this week. Specifically for you that raise your hands when you're when you're stressing over something, when you're starting to get anxious or you're seeing all the stuff piling up. Immediately just to just talk to the Lord. Just talk to Jesus. One of the things I've done over the years is just begin to say the name of Jesus. Remember, we've seen this stuff. There's power in the name of Jesus. Just say the name of Jesus. Jesus, you're bigger than this. You're bigger than whatever. You're bigger. You're bigger. And begin to talk to him, and you'll, you'll realize how quickly, how quickly that changes. In your mind, your spirit, your existence, it changes. Okay, so before noon tomorrow, God's going to give you the opportunity to let somebody know Jesus loves them. Do the best you can. Tell somebody about Jesus, and it'll even bring peace into your own life. So shake somebody's hand, hug their neck if they seem open to it. And uh, we will see you Wednesday night. Guys, start inviting men Friday night. Invite men to be with you here Friday night. We'll see you Wednesday night.